Yep, all good on my end, mate. Hey guys, Trey Copeland here. Yeah, that tall guy that plays a bit of cricket. You're listening to Moving the Chain. Yo, what's up guys? It's Chad Townsend from Talk of the Town. Hey sports fans, Nick Davis here and you're listening to Moving the Chain. Move the chains, I'm about to make a play. Move the chains, tell them get about the way. Move the chains, I'm about to win the game. Move the chains, baby, tell them get the yeah, welcome to Moving the Chains, episode two with the boys talking all things NFL and welcoming our new sponsors, Top Sport, to the Moving the Chains family. Boys, the draft is done. We've got a new sponsor on board, Chad Townsend. How good was the draft and how good to have some NFL action back? Yes, Sally, good to be back, episode two. Um, after a blast on episode one, I thought the boys absolutely killed it. But yeah, look, the draft was an exciting one, especially for us Browns fans. I thought we got a lot of pieces. I know we'll get into that shortly, but... Um, also, a big shout out to Top Sports uh, for jumping on board and supporting the podcast as well. Yeah, they're on board this year and they've got a range of markets up. We've already been talking uh, in our group, our WhatsApp group about uh, Tampa Bay and what they can do with Gronkowski. A little bit later in the show to wrap up, Nick Davis and I have been going through the app. Of course, they're uh, proud sponsors of our other podcast, Sweet and Sour, and uh, we might get them on Talk of the Town as well, Chad. Uh, Chad get you a little bit of money. But uh, look, uh, they've got some markets up there, boys, that we're going to have to dig into. Trent Copeland, have you been able to contain yourself with the excitement of the 49ers and what they did in the draft. Yeah, well, it's actually been a, a really good long week, week and a half. I mean, if you if you talk the draft, purely the draft, I think we were solid. I, I think we didn't get worse, but we didn't get hugely better unless someone like Brandon Ayuk really outperforms uh, what most people think he'll be capable of. The thing that excites me, Trent Williams, post-draft or in-draft, uh, <laughs> and also the Matt Breeder and... Uh, Goodwin trades that happened during the draft as well to give us that entry point back into those middle rounds that we didn't have picks in. So, look, I think John Lynch did a fantastic job. I've been talking to uh, a lot of my NFL uh, mates in recent times bragging about the 49ers going to go all the way this year. So, let's get into it. Nick Davis, uh, the Raiders have still got John Gruden. Are you okay? They're all good. They're all good. there. He's leading the way, but... Look, I think um, yeah, the Raiders went into the draft with a with pretty specific needs. They needed uh, wideouts, and uh, and you know the the first three picks, you know, picking some wideouts, um, also helping out the defensive side of the footy. Uh, but look, we didn't draft another quarterback, and we don't need one, so we're cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the first quarterback went off the board. Uh, it was an amazing draft, Chad, because virtual draft. Uh, here it is in live time uh, with the commissioner, Roger Goodell. Okay, here we go. With the first pick in the 2020 draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Joe Burrow, quarterback, LSU. Yeah, there he is. Joe Burrow went off the board. No surprises there uh, from the Cincinnati Bengals. Chad, is, are we going to see what we saw from Joe in college or are those expectations going to be too high to be able to come in the NFL? He has AJ Green there. Are they going to be able to strike up a combination straight away? Yeah, look, I think it's super important that those two strike up a combination straight away. You know, you think of other receivers in their squad and you you can't think of one that comes to mind that's going to, you know, be up there. So I think AJ Green, that combination is going to be super important. But I think for, for Joe Burrow, it's going to be, you know, really difficult where 
you know, at LSU, he had a lot of pieces in place for him to, to be successful. And he's gone to an organization where they're coming off the back of a dreadful season, um, you know, and their, their roster, to be honest, it doesn't look, you know, very dangerous. So, you know, he's going to be up against it, but he's shown the caliber he's got. I mean, his record in the FBS last season was outstanding, 60 touchdowns. Um, so being the number one pick, it does come with, a lot of expectation. I did see Calais Campbell from the Ravens already tweet to say, Joe Burrow, welcome. I can't wait till we get properly acquainted. So, you know, he's, <laughs> he's got a target on his back. Yeah, he certainly does. Anyone that go, any of those quarterbacks that go in the first round certainly have targets on their back coach. But let's talk about the next two. Joe Burrow, one to the Bengals. Tua Tungavailoa goes number five to uh, Miami. And then six goes Herbert. Uh, our question for this week on the Move and Change, the Change Twitter poll this week is who will have the better career? Is it going to be Tua or Burrow? Where do you sit in this camp? Uh, look, I think certainly the highest upside is Tua. Um, but arguably right now in the first little window of their careers, who's it going to be that's going to be that guy that's going to have the best opportunity? I think it's going to be Burrow that's going to have the best supporting cast around him. Uh, it'll also be Tua sitting behind uh, Fitzpatrick for the, the early part of the season. So, look, I think AJ Green is one, but Joe Mixon, very good pass catcher out of the backfield. And also T Higgins, who they took uh, with their second pick in the draft, is an absolute burner. So, look, I'm excited for Burrow. I think he's definitely got the highest floor. But I tell you what, Tua, uh, he, no one in college has had a better grading out of two, their last two seasons in college as a quarterback than this guy. It was just health. He seems to be healthy. Uh, the Dolphins didn't have to trade up to get him, which I thought was a real shock in the draft. Um, they must have been licking their lips when he fell to them at five. Nick, the pressure sort of goes off to our being injured coming in. The expectations probably weren't there because I think we're all in a grant here, boys, that if he was fully fit, he was going to be number one in this draft. Uh, the pressure off him at Miami, I know they spent a lot of money in free agency to put some tools around him, but uh, coming in off that injury, he's got a free hit at being trying to make himself uh, the quarterback for the next 10 years. Yeah, he has. And probably the Dolphins don't need to rush him as much as what um, Joe Burrows is going to get rushed. As we said there, we can, he can sit behind Fitzmagic for a little bit. But if, if that hip is good, if he's progressing through well through the preseason, uh, he, he might be able to see some action. And, and they can put him in when they think he's ready. Uh, whereas Burrow, he's going to go in at the start. Uh, he's got the number one uh, draft uh, pick sitting that tag right on his back. And as Chad said, uh, everyone's out there. Everyone's going to be looking for him. So, uh, yeah, look, I think, yeah, eventually by the end of the season, uh, Tua is going to be the man in that, in that quarterback medal. Chad, for Joe Burrow in year one, what is going to be an acceptable pass uh, TD to interception ratio? Oh, look, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one. I think, you know, like, like we're talking about, he's going to have a massive target on his back. You know, these, these defensive linemen, they've got one thing in their mind, and that's to sack the number one pick. And it's like a badge of honour. So I think... Like um, you halfbacks. <laughs> exactly. You know, the people, <laughs> people want to take us out, the playmakers. You know, it's a badge of honour. So I think, you know, see how we, I think it's... You know, I, I can't think he, he can't be going two to one. I think he's got to be less than that. Um, I think that's a pass mark for him. But, you know, we've seen some outstanding quarterbacks come off the board 
um, over the last few years in the draft who have had amazing careers so far. You know, think people like Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson have just really excelled um, in the NFL. So he's got big shoes to fill. Yeah, he certainly does. Uh, boys, let's wrap up our own teams in terms of the draft. Of course, we'll start with you, Chad, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, you've got about a minute, minute and a half here to sum up what you thought of the Browns drafting in 2020. Yeah, look, I thought it was solid for us. I thought we got a really good haul, a lot of picks. I think, um, you know, taking Jedrick Wills in the first round, the offensive tackle was always, I guess, spoken about pre-draft in the fact to, to look after Baker and give him some more protection. But um, what I did think was interesting that out of our first four picks, we, we took uh, some defensive plays. And obviously, you know, for us, we've got a lot of offensive weapons already in place, um, you know, to, to play. So for us to, I guess, throw up that defense, you know, we took Jedrick Wills in the first round, Grant Delpit from LSU in the second round, Jordan Elliott in the third, and Jacob Phillips in the third as well. So, you know, three uh, defensive plays and one offensive player. But I guess one person who's really happy out of this is is Baker Mayfield. You know, Jedrick Wills is coming from Alabama who has had an outstanding program, you know, and the history shows that Alabama make great NFL players. So, um, you know, all in all, a, a good draft for us. Yeah, it's going to be important that the Cleveland Browns keep Baker Mayfield upright. And if they can do that, you'd have to think year two with the weapons that he does have, they may be able to get it right. What about you, Copes? You, we spoke about last week on Moving the Chains that you're so close to winning it all. You had to make some astute, uh, I guess, a purchase in Trent Williams in the offseason. But what about your draft class? Have you given Garoppolo more weapons? And is he going to be able to get the job done this year? Well, in short, Sally, I, I mean, I'm really happy, I think, to stay stable as a team that's going to have to pay guys that excelled last year. The Forrest Buckner was one of the casualties that left the 49ers. Did they replace him? Yes, I think, actually, in a very similar manner. Uh, Javon Kinlaw in the first round, at pick number 14, after trading back a spot. And then, geez, I tell you what, the thing that was tough to take was C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy, two of my favourite players in this class. Could be two of the best college receivers that have come out in the one year uh, for the last 10 seasons, really. Um, and they, we, we might well talk about them a little later, uh, given you guys want to talk. But Kinlaw was a good pick. I was surprised they passed on a receiver. Um, but at pick 25, they got Brandon Ayuk. Um, out of Arizona State, who I'm really excited about, and particularly the after-the-catch um, explosiveness, like we see with Debo Samuel uh, and George Kittle. I mean, when you put together an offense with Shanahan scheming, Garoppolo, uh, Raheem Mostert, to go with these guys, Brandon Ayuk fits what we really needed. I just thought they might go after a C.D. Lamb who was on the table uh, at pick 14. All in all, I'm really happy, as we said, Trent Williams coming to the table. Uh, he really replaces Staley, um, who's retiring. And then we largely go into the season looking pretty similar to last in terms of structure. I'm pumped, boys. I am pumped. Gopes, <laughs> are you, with those weapons, are you expecting Garoppolo to throw the ball a lot more this year and not rely on the run? Uh, no, I think Shanahan offenses uh, largely for his whole career, no matter how many times he says it, will happen. Uh, it's based around running backs. It's based around uh, Kyle Juszczyk, the, the fullback, even uh, dictating holes for his running backs to run into. Mobile offense, gadget plays for Debo Samuel, uh, short uh, screen passes for George Kittle. Those type of uh, plays are what I'm going to expect more of this year and built around 
the elite defense, really. That's how we're going to win games. It's monstering teams up front. Nick Davis, new stadium at Las Vegas for the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, same old uh, average quarterback for me and Derek Carr. Did your team upgrade enough to be able to help him this year? And are they going to be able to win more than three games? Yeah, look, I think they obviously went chips in. You're going to be paying this dude $21 million. Uh, You bring in Mariota. You've got to give him an opportunity to be able to throw to some... Uh, to some threats. Obviously, Cooper leaving, but Ruggs coming in with the first pick. Um, I was like Copes. I thought Judy was going to be the man there, but uh, looking at some of his film and, and studying the stuff after it, um, it's going back to old school Raiders footy where they're just going to air this footy out and go into a new stadium, go into Vegas. Um, it, it's, it's, they're putting the chips in on the offense. They're going to find out if Derek Carr's the quarterback that's going to be there long term, and if he can't, uh, if he can't get this uh, offense firing with, you know, you got Williams, Renfro, who, you know, in the slot there was pretty good at the end of last year. Waller had a breakout season at tight end. Jacobs at running back. Um, if Derek Carr can't get this offense moving and scoring points, uh, well, then Mariota might be able to get a shot in there later on. So, uh, look, I was pretty happy with, um, it was pretty obvious where the, where the Raiders were going to go this year. Uh, it was a pretty deep wide out draft. Um, I, Potentially, hopefully, we pick the right one, but um, but time will tell. Yeah, boys, uh, the Saints in my team, they had five picks, so very skinny in terms of what they were able to do. Pick 24 went to Cesar Ruiz uh, in the centre position. He's able to come in. I don't know what you do with five picks, boys, because... We have Drew Brees. We have the weapons to be able to get. We get Emmanuel Sanders. We get, we've got Taysom Hill signed up now. Uh, the big move for me, the talking point out of the draft, was the emergence of Jameis Winston potentially signing that one-year deal with the New Orleans Saints and having those three quarterbacks together. That's what Sean Payton wants. He had it last year with Bridgewater and Hill. Um, is it going to work? Everything relies on Drew Brees. If he stays fit this year, we're get, I think we're going to be in and around that championship sort of talk. But, uh, Copes, you heard from Taysom Hill today speak about uh, possibly having Jameis Winston there. I think we're close. We just need a little bit of luck at the right time of year. Yeah, like, if you look at the offences in the league, who, who are the premier offences? You, you look at the team who won the Super Bowl last year, Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, they're going to be unreal and... and like their draft fix, uh, Clyde edwards alaire that they took in the first round, he's scintillating, so I can't wait to watch him. Outside of that, you, you look straight to the Saints. I mean, the signing of Sanders was just fantastic in terms of exactly what they need. Uh, and it might even, heaven forbid, open up Michael Thomas even more uh, to get more receptions, even though he's breaking records already. So, look, I, I'd be excited. Taysom Hill today... It was just interesting. He's the second highest paid backup quarterback in the entire league in the NFL. And he sat there with straight face saying, I knew all along we were going to sign another quarterback. I was fully prepared. We were going to run with three quarterbacks that all have a role. And we all know that no matter what happens between the three of us, we're going to get the job done every week. Very, very good. That's a sign of a good coach to be able to manage all those egos in the one locker room. Chad, let's move, boys, on to the next part of the show. We're going to talk about the biggest surprises in draft picks, probably the biggest one uh, straight off the bat, Chad Townsend, was the Green Bay Packers. What are they doing? They had a number one round pick uh, with Jordan Love, the quarterback. They traded up to get him. Uh, Hello, they've got Aaron Rodgers. What are they doing? They needed some skill players around him. Yeah, look, for me, that was the biggest surprise of the draft. When I heard that and saw that, I couldn't believe it. Um, like you mentioned, Sowie, the Packers have Aaron Rodgers. He's 
uh, record speaks for itself. The way he plays, um, his consistency over a number of years in the in the NFL, and they're ready to win now. The Packers, you know, with Aaron Rodgers at the helm, the stuff he can do, the comebacks he produces, um, you know. <sighs> I guess the reasoning behind it maybe potentially would be for Aaron Rodgers to, to groom Jordan Love, you know, similar to the Brett Favre, you know, um, incident where how, you know, Rodgers started his career. But um, like you said, Sally, you know, they needed targets in, in positionals to, to, for A-Rod to, to throw to. So, you know, it was very surprising for me. Yeah, it's, uh, I just think you look at Aaron Rodgers and when you watch him, if your t- team's against him, I think what the San Francisco 49ers did to him last year was brutal. He had no one to throw it to. And then they go out and draft you know, Love in the first round. It just seems almost rude what they've done to him. Do you, would you expect him to ask for a trade, Chad? Or is he just going to see this out and then try and just get it done himself? Yeah, look, I expect him to, to see it out. I think, you know... Like I said, his record speaks for itself. And I think the fact that, you know, he's been able to produce results over a long period of time. And like I said, I think that Jordan Love potentially is, is coming in here to, to, to learn, to, to understudy and sit under Aaron Rodgers for, for years. Because Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's openly said that he's got years to go in his career. He's not ready to retire at the moment. And, you know, we're seeing what Brady's doing, you know, well into his 40s. So, you know, like I said, a very surprising move on, on behalf of the Packers. And the surprising thing, Nick Davis, out of this is now they have uh, A-Rod and J-Lo on the same roster in the Green Bay Packers. So uh, apart apart from – I got that one today. I was pretty over with that. Apart from the Green Bay Packers, uh, Nick, were there any other surprises early on that you saw in the draft that you probably didn't expect? Um, Obviously, that was the biggest one. But there was was a few more. There was a few teams that probably didn't improve. I don't think the Seahawks improved their roster much at all they've uh obviously their their chips in on on russell wilson and uh and, and letting him sort of do their thing whether J- uh javion Clowney, whether what they could do with him in, in regards to uh, the defensive side of the ball but look i don't think the um the the seahawks improve much and then also the other quarterback you know the the eagles signing um jalen hurts um, mm. um carson went sees off nick Foles, and then <laughs> They come in and draft this guy, so it was probably a similar story to the Packers with, um, and with yeah the Eagles signing Hurts. Well, in a division too that is pretty much the, the Eagles to lose if they get it right. The Cowboys are an absolute basket case year after year. They can't they get in their own way, and maybe it's different with a new coach now. But I would have thought that the Philadelphia Eagles would have been looking to shore up some of their wide receivers, trying to get some targets for Carson Wentz. They go with Jalen Hurts. Uh, who transferred to the Oklahoma Sooners this year. Look, a good quarterback, but Copes, is that going to translate in... Are they expecting that Wentz will get hurt again? Or what, what, what was the reasoning behind the Philadelphia Eagles uh, in terms of this pick? Yeah, look, just touching on the, the Packers situation, I actually really liked the thought process behind Love going there. And, and it's not too dissimilar to Hurts as well. But it was all the picks that they had after that where they didn't address their needs for Aaron Rodgers. It's fine to have your backup quarterback sorted in an important part of your organisation. And I've heard both uh, GMs of both franchises, the Eagles and the Packers, come out since the draft and explain, I've got a duty to not only my current roster, but also the organisation as a whole for the future. I get that, right? But Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback right now and he needs assets to win, not Devin Funchess. Sorry, not Devin Funchess outside Devontae Adams. 
it's you need assets right here and now. So, uh, look, I was just surprised how the rest of the draft went for those teams, at least the Eagles, with Jalen Rieger in the, their first round. They were at least addressing a need for Carson Wentz. Uh, and then after that, it became a little different. So, look, I think Hertz can be a really high octane asset for them. If Carson Wentz does get injured, they could run a different style offense uh, that other teams are going to have trouble preparing for. And also, if they want to play him for a series or even like Taysom Hill does for the Saints, put him on the field with Carson Wentz and run some trick plays. Uh, Peterson's the coach, like Sean Payton. They're offensively gifted in their minds and they can make plays work for those type of guys. So, look, I think it'll work. Um, it was just really surprising how it all laid out. Yeah, before we move on to our fan questions this week, make sure you go on to Move and Chains NFL on Twitter to be able to get your fan questions on the Move and the Chains podcast. Uh, boys, we'll go around real quickly here. Cam Newton. Okay, you got about five seconds each. Chad, we'll start with you. Where will he end up? Yeah, look, a lot of talk's been around the Patriots, but from what I'm hearing, the Patriots, you know, don't seem too interested. Their, their cap space is very minimal at the moment. I know we've touched on uh, the Jaguars, who I, I think, you know, are potential. They've only got, um, you know, Gardner Minshew in there, and um, I think that could be, be a potential ending spot for him. Copes? Uh, look, the teams with the most cap space of, of any of those, most of them have got quarterbacks and young ones at that. The Redskins are probably the one team. They've got $36 million in cap space. And they've got Haskins at the helm, who really hasn't impressed anyone to this point. I know they're invested in him, but Cam might be that perfect guy to come in, challenge him to be better, but also maybe win that starting spot and take Washington after a pretty good draft for their own team uh, up to that next level uh, much quicker. Nick Davis, you could see him out at Las Vegas. They won't do it, but geez, he'd look good out there in that <laughs> brand new black stadium. How good would he be out there? But I uh, saw that same tweet that Copes mentioned with the cap space and you sort of go through those sides and, yeah, Washington's the one that, that sort of fits there. Uh, but then also, you know, you've got the Jags. If they can uh, offset Fournette, that might free up some cap space later on and you might have to take a bit of a haircut this first year and then uh, cash in after that. Yeah, I'd love to see him at the Jags. I think he fits in there well with uh, Fournette as well. And probably Gardner Minshew was a flash in the pan last year. I don't know if he can continue that if the job is just he's putting pressure on. Uh, boys, moving the chains, NFL uh, at Twitter. We are, we've got some fan questions this week. Chad, I'll go to you first. Which coach is first on the chopping block this year and where do they go? And that's from Omega underscore Bunny. Yeah, look, I think there's a few coaches under pressure, to be honest. I think the, the first two that come to mind are probably Matt Patricia from the Lions and also, I think, uh, Adam Gaze from the Jets. Um, you know, Matt Patricia's a rookie, I guess, rookie head coach. And Adam Gaze hasn't had too much success in his times coaching the Dolphins and the Jets. So I think if these teams get off to slow, poor starts, I think these guys will be on, on the block early on. Copes? Uh, I think... The first one that comes to mind, and I, I think it's more to do with if Big Ben comes back healthy, this may well not happen. But Mike Tomlin, I reckon uh, the Steelers haven't really delivered on where, where they should have been since AB left, really. Um, they've got some nice young players in that roster. And if Big Ben comes back and they don't succeed, then I reckon he might be out. What about you, Nick? Yeah, I think Matt Patricia, he's, um, he's the one... Um, he needs to get that side up and going. A lot of these uh, uh, Belichick disciples coming out now, um, you, you get a couple of years, but I think he's the one 
um, that uh, needs to get get his side up and going early. I'm going to say Bill Belichick, boys. We're going to really see if it was Tom Brady or Bill Belichick. <laughs> uh, and I think he may end up with the Cleveland Browns. There you go. There's something a little bit hot there. Make sure you uh, tag your questions, uh, Move and Change NFL at Twitter, uh, to go on and get yourselves on the podcast. There was another one about fantasy, but we're going to keep our powder dry and get to that one next week. Uh, boys, we've got a sponsor on board, topsport.com.au. Uh, they're, they're fantastic with what they can do with all racing and sports, but they've got a couple of markets up here that I'm going to take you through. So make sure you go on to topsport.com.au, type in chains or moving uh, to be able to go in there and log in and get your special prices ahead of the futures uh, for the NFL. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, boys, $51 into 16. Uh, that's been crunched again since Gronkowski has signed, but they've got a couple of separate markets up that Nick Davis and I have been able to help them uh, get up. It's Rob Gronkowski, total regular season, receiving touchdowns over eight and a half. One word answers. Chad Townsend. Yes. Copes? No. Nick? No. Tom Brady, first touchdown receiver in 2021. Godwin, Godwin's uh, Evans, they're about $3. Gronkowski and Bright uh, are next. But uh, what are we expecting here? Let's go, Chad. Oh, it has to be Mike Evans. I mean, you just saw what Jameis Winston was able to do with, with his arm and, you know, the amount of interceptions he threw. Um, you know, Mike Evans is going to be Tom Brady's best friend. Copes? Oh, I don't disagree with that. But we've all seen... The gifts, the run it back gifts from Brady on Twitter. It's gonna be, it's gonna be Gronk. He might not get over eight and a half of the season, but the first one's going to him. <laughs> Nick, yeah, I'm with Gropes. I reckon they get in that red zone. You can double team Mike as much as you like, but I'd be throwing about eight blokes at Gronk because uh, he's going to try and get him across for that first one. So he might, yeah, he might not get eight, but he'll get the first one. Yeah, two more markets, of course. Our new sponsors on Moving the Chains, topsport.com.au. Uh, let's start this one, Chad. Over 3,900.5 yards in the regular season for Tom Brady. Uh, under. Copes? Yeah, I'll say under as well. Nick Davis? Under. Under. So all going under there. You don't think he's going to be able to air that ball out and, and get it to Godwin and, and co and just... Maybe a new offense. Maybe we see how great he really is without Belichick. Yeah, mate. He's 50 years old. His arm's not the same as it used to be. <laughs> okay. And the last one, uh, thanks to our new sponsors, topsport.com.au, is Tom Brady, regular season touchdown passes over 24 and a half. Chad Townsend. Yes. Copes? I'll say yes to that one, Sally. And Nick Davis. I'll say no. No, under. So <laughs> I'll say no. 24 and a half. I reckon he breaks down at some stage. He might break down. So make sure you go on to our new sponsors of Moving the Chains, topsport.com.au, to be able to get all those special odds for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ahead of the 2020-2021 season in the NFL. That's it, I'll boys. Say that, I'll say that, Chris, quickly, that I'm probably the only one here on this podcast that has played professional sport at the age of 40. So I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that. I thought Coach oh, 40. Oh, come on, Sally. I'm not far away, but I'm still going. <laughs> I know how hard it is to take the one tackle that I got in the nine. So, um, it's, but if someone gets Tom, he's going to hurt. <laughs> uh, hey, boys, uh, just quickly before we go, just a quick shout out to the two Aussies that got picked up post-draft. Uh, they weren't drafted. Uh, and a few of the kickers that were there, uh, we thought they might have gone on day three. But Aaron Sipos has signed for the Detroit Lions. Uh, he's a punter, so watch out for him. Former St Kilda AFL player. 
And then Matt Leo, uh, who's a defensive end, um, Simon the Eagles, much like Jordan Mylata, uh, who's obviously been there for a few years now. So uh, exciting to see a few more Aussies in the mix. Um, and that punter kicking line is uh, certainly strong. Yeah, definitely, Coach. We'll leave it with you to be able to get them on the podcast, mate. If you could just uh, sort them out, we'll get them on next week. But uh, no hey, can, can they tackle, though? Uh, let's hope so. Surely. They've got to line yeah, out a few blokes. They've played AFL. I played against Aaron Sipos. So he could tackle. He's a big dude. That's say, why you gave it up, eh? Your show and go. It doesn't matter, Chad. We can kick. We can kick without tackling, can't we, mate? Ah, hundred percent. That's us halfbacks, are we? <laughs> All right. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Moving the chains on Spotify and Apple iTunes, and make sure you go on to Moving the Chains on YouTube. Chad Townsend cuts it up every week. Uh, look out for his podcast, Talk of the Town, and the Sweet and Sour podcast. Trent Copeland will be everywhere on Channel 7. And Nick Davis, Friday nights on ABC, uh, talking a little bit of sport. Boys, well done. We'll see you next week. Moving the chains. Too easy, lad.